Hi, I'm Evelyn. And I'm Danielle. Welcome to Sip and Read Podcast, a podcast where two long-distance friends sip some booze, critique some books, and get into some shenanigans along the way. On this season, our very first season, we are reading The Deep by Amakatsu, a historical fiction novel set during the time of the Titanic with a supernatural twist. So grab a drink, grab your book, and let's do it. I did I ha I did not open that this book all week. I literally just read the book. The yeah, me too, chapter. girl. <laughs> I was like, what the hell happened in the last chapter? <laughs> it's like a whole new story. I know. I kind Started of from scratch. Okay. Uh, all right. Are you ready to start? Yeah. We can't lollygag like we did last last time. <laughs> I'm still working. I'm still editing all of that audio. Lisa, <laughs> what are we even talking about? <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? How are you feeling? I'm good. We took a well-deserved um, week break. I know. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> On my break, I stressed over other things. <laughs> I know. I feel like it wasn't really a break for me. No, it was just less on my plate. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Also, more things added. I don't know. Exactly, girl. All right. <sighs> All right. I know. I already got started. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough week. Uh-huh. It's only Monday. <laughs> but I'm really excited for what I'm drinking today because it's um it's Hemley Cider chai pear it's their fall seasonal cider oh interesting oh it is so delicious it tastes just like fall oh the bottle's cute i know it's like pumpkin orange warm orange what are you drinking today i am drinking a glass of wine um it is what kind of wine is this i love the foil normally i will reuse the cork but i broke the cork trying to open this thing oh i hate when that happens so um what kind of wine is this piccolo ernesto gavi i don't know it's a white (laughs) (laughs) okay it's all we need to know (laughs) when when shit started to go down (laughs) yeah it's pretty good Oh, a white wine production. Of, oh, that says, that says nothing. That tells me nothing. All right, should we get started? Let's get started. We're going to be doing chapters 36 through 40 today. 36 through 40. Okay. Yep, take it away. I'll take it away. So chapter 36 is from Annie's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it, starts with, um, it starts with Annie being shaken to wait by Violet. Because apparently Annie was having a seizure. I know. <laughs> Started off real strong with this chapter, man. I know. At first I thought, oh my gosh, is it happening? I know. <laughs> but like, now I this is Titanic finally happening. <laughs> yeah. I, thought um, I thought that too. Apparently it's the first time Annie has experienced a seizure. But you know, I think that's pretty good. Our <laughs> 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 seizures go. We got to experience them. Please, that's only once. I know. Uh, and the last she heard of the last she um, was ever encountered with like a seizure was with the Astro Boy. Yep, good old and, Teddy. Um, yeah, and and then after she woke up, um, the chapter goes on to describe Annie as feeling cold, 
her body feels cold the clothes she's wearing feels cold like everything around her feels cold which made me uh beg the question was she possessed (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so philosophical i mean i would say so that's a good question i would Um, say so whatever happened to uh teddy was very it was supernatural in nature mm-hmm. what we what we've concluded um and then she also like feels cold and like my outside knowledge of like spirits and whatnot it you know you feel like a that's cold pretty, chill yeah and every spirits around so I'm uh-huh. that's very true very um anyway the chapter progresses violet suggests that annie go get help Annie says no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's not the only help Annie should get, but she keeps saying no to everything. So I know. Okay. I go. Don't know what um, to do at this point. <laughs> um, Annie starts getting dressed, and Violet sees bruises on Annie's body. And at first, I was like, "Is that from Mark?" <laughs> oh God, I thought that too, and then I read down. And... <laughs> I was like, "Oh, nasty." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, God, it's rough." <laughs> <laughs> For real, but no, it was from Madeline when Madeline tried to kill her. About that detail, I know. I I forgot about that too. I was like, "Oh shit!" I totally forgot that that happened. (laughs) Makes more sense. Uh (laughs) My mind's in the gutter. Uh, (laughs) Annie begins to be fearful that she's the victim of a spirit because she's like recalling her conversation with um, what's his name? Steve. Yeah. Oh yeah. When he freaking is like, yeah. Spirits can possess people. Uh huh. And Annie thinks she's the victim. Uh-huh. Um, Annie begins making up her bed, and she sees um, she feels like a tie in um, in her bed sheets, and realizes shaking that it's my Mark's damn head. <laughs> what I said, shaking my damn head. <laughs> my damn head. Uh-uh. And then she like it starts like trying to like like recollect her memories from the previous night, and she remembers um, she remembers the smoking room. She remembers Mark coming in and looking like, like dazzled. Uh-huh. He, um, she remembers, um, and she remembers their entanglement. <laughs> Stop um, with the entanglement. <laughs> and it's like she describes it like a distant memory, and she does. She's not quite sure if it really happened, but um, and it's making me think. I just, I still don't. I honestly, I'm gonna say this. I don't think that this happened. That what she thinks happened happened. I think they had sex because it definitely ended with them having sex. But I maybe so when she says it's a distant memory, um, and like she woke up with a seizure, she's feeling cold everywhere. Maybe it wasn't really her, like it was her physical body, but it wasn't her inhabiting the body as they were having as that was happening. Because even Mark, Mark, when when they were like about to do the deed. Mark swore that Annie was Lillian, and when he oh was, yeah, he was sex, he was, not physically, he but he said like Lillian. emotionally, it felt like. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just feel like you know, um, like the uh, the past couple of sex scenes that have happened. Oh, I already first burp of the first burp of the episode. Um, <laughs> I feel like Alma goes. I mean, not into explicit detail, but she kind of goes into detail, and she did it with this. Like it kind of just. Um, faded out so I feel like maybe that's because it didn't actually happen I don't mm-hmm. know 
Maybe we're not supposed to know. It's supposed to be up to our, like, our imagination. Maybe. There's one more thing that goes unsolved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did you notice at the end of page 302, she says she loves Mark. It's been four days, I think. Oh, yeah, because as I'm, because, yeah, she loves Mark. She believes that the moment they had together was um was a confession between the two of how they both felt about each other. Oh my god. And like poor girl. Like poor you're so girl. Naive. I know. Oh. There's definitely a power play going on here because he's a lot older, right? He's at least yeah. like 30, 40. And I don't I don't think he even realizes the power he has over her. Yeah. Ugh. I hate Mark. <laughs> I also kind of hate Annie, but I feel I bad hate for her. Annie. I hate <laughs> everyone in this book. I hate everybody in this book. Me too. Oh my who's, redeem- who's redeemable? At this point, I don't even like on Dean anymore. <laughs> I was on the Femmes last episode, but I don't. Even the baby got problems. Uh-huh. The baby's on my shit list now, too. <laughs> um, um, and then Annie, because you know her, because of her, her strict Catholic upbringing. Yeah, her good girl. Her, her good girl image. She begins to feel shameful about the events from uh, the night prior, which makes me feel kind of sad for her. This girl's so confused. Bless it's her. religious trauma right there. That's what's going on. The Lord Bless favors her. good girl, Annie. Mm-mm, man, when you have no other background but your small town upbringing. Yeah, like that. Of Yeah, and I, I for this, I, I feel like she doesn't really have any right to feel ashamed. It's just like, yeah, her upbringing, society in that time. I mean, you can feel ashamed that you slept with a married man, but like, yeah, but she, she, she's not even ashamed because of that. I don't think. <laughs> she's gonna go to hell. <laughs> yeah, it's like, girl, you're gonna go to hell for a different reason, not because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor girl. So anyway, her day goes on. Huh? She starts doing her tasks for the day. Her first task is to prepare on Dean's milk. Which, like, girl, you have the audacity to keep to think that this is still your job. Well, I put Mark Mark. never fired her. He still (laughs) forgot. He never did. He had sex with her instead of firing. Oh, yeah, that's that's how it all went down between Mark and Caroline. Uh huh. I thought that too. I was like, didn't she get fired? But then I was like, wait, she never got. She never got that notification. I would have (laughs) quit. He needs to quit. Yeah, I would have passed it on to somebody else. Homegirl, Aldine can fast in the morning. She'll need the milk. <laughs> we gotta lose those those uh, infant 15. <laughs> as she's making the uh as she's making Aldine's milk, she ends up reaching for the brooch that she stole from Caroline. Mm-hmm. She also put the necktie um, in there too. Oh yeah, she has a necktie too. Oh, girl, if you're gonna still at least keep it off your body. Yeah, she has a whole <laughs> collection. For yeah. real um so she takes the brooch she likes to stroke it i guess it brings her some like peace of mind she's Um, crazy she is and um she knows that she should return it (laughs) she thinks it's pretty (laughs) i cannot she thinks it's pretty and she thinks that it like it's it it's meant to be hers Uh um which i think it's just another tie to lillian at this point like yeah obviously has some strong holds on many of these characters yes um, which is so bizarre to me it's so because her name keeps coming up i yeah especially I mean, yeah and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode i think it's been like so long since that one but um yeah. 
yeah like especially in the, these last like, i want to say like five chapters her name gets brought up a lot so she's clear like she's becoming more important and that that's how i want to be if i'm dead <laughs> i want every i want to be in everyone's mind mm-hmm. you want to spare though without knowing it's really you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that brooch belonged to lillian and annie feels like it belongs to her mm-hmm. and we know we're well i assume that she was possessed um earlier on so i'm assuming that lillian has some hold to her which is why she feels that brooch belongs to her yeah some kind of connection no just my thoughts um anyway again the chapter progresses um annie goes to deliver audine's bottle to the um the flesher's um room on their cabin Mm -hmm. um she walks in it's super dark she opens the window um and it wakes up caroline who is sleeping on the on the sofa um in the room and when she sees um, Annie, Caroline is pissed. She's so mad. Um, Annie tries to sneak out. Um, and on her way, she sees the crucifix that Caroline had found in Audine's crib because it almost uh, choked her. Uh-huh. And Annie, I guess she was trying to be slick. I don't know why she did that. Why yeah, didn't she say yeah. like, hey, that's my crucifix? Yeah, don't or did you Don't be like all sneaky trying to grab Why? it. Like I would have lost my shit too. It's I her fault all this happened. Girl. <sighs> yeah, so yeah, she yeah. tries to be slick and take the uh, the crucifix, the what's her the like the chain necklace uh-huh. that she sees on her way out. Caroline obviously sees her. Yeah, she's like, I saw what you did. <laughs> um and she's she and then she accuses Annie of being the jewelry thief that's been like um prowling around the halls of their like mm-hmm. of their uh cabins and he says that it belonged to her which it did but you know i could see why caroline thinks she's lying mm-hmm. um they're kind caroline of i feel like this is very a lot of miscommunication if first i i wish i feel like it could have gone way more smoothly if when annie walked in Caroline could have been like what are you doing here didn't mark fire you then annie could have been like what are you talking about no because I feel like already when she walked in, Caroline was like, what is she doing here? We're, yeah, we can't, you her. can't leave emotions all the time. You gotta be rational. You have to, yeah, say what you're thinking. Yeah. And then if maybe if Annie, instead of sneakily trying to grab the crucifix and take it on her way out, she could have been like, hey, that's my crucifix I lost forever ago. And then and Caroline was like, oh, get it, girl, go ahead. Take it, take it back. You know, we're a woman. We don't, we don't, we're not logical all the time, okay? <laughs> You're right. We're very emotional creatures. We stare at creatures, I might say. <laughs> Caroline accuses Annie of being a jewelry thief. Annie tries to explain that the necklace belongs to her, but the damage was already done. Yep. Caroline was past the point of no return. Uh-huh. Um, Caroline basically calls her a liar. And she accuses Annie of being in their room that night. And, and I think Annie is just frazzled. She doesn't know what to do because Caroline is yeah. barking at her, accusing her of like this and that. Um, Annie ends up lighting a candle and holding it up so she can better see Caroline and Caroline can see the innocence on Annie's face. She thinks that would help. <laughs> Which I um, thought it was interesting because she first tries to turn off the light, but it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just thought that was kind of like interesting. I think that's that. Yeah, like so maybe like the spirit was there, turn the power off. You know how spirits do that, right? They like take uh-huh. all the energy out of the room. Um <laughs> trying to get back and leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then when she has the light up, when she lit the candle and, and it's holding the light, she's able to see Caroline a bit more clearly. And she sees like she is able to see the state that Caroline is in. 
Uh-huh. Caroline's eyes are dilated. She's she's hella sweating. Like, just she just it's in disarray. She's tweaking. <laughs> yeah, we know because she's on coke. Yeah. Which is so sad. This girl really thinks it's helping her. <laughs> I know. It's like, girl, can you not tell you're totally bugging out? Like, come oh, on. That's no medicine should make you feel that. The doctor is a real criminal in this whole book. <laughs> yeah, I think the true villain is the fucking, what's uh, I don't know, Dr. Leader. Give her the chair. <laughs> and when Annie sees... Did you say the chair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the chair hanger. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> give her the SWAT team. <laughs> Send the SWAT team on her. It's <laughs> in the, the firing squad. Throw her overboard. <laughs> Let her fend for herself. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So Annie, when Annie sees Caroline State, um, she instantly becomes worried for Audine and asks where Audine is, which was kind of bold of her to ask. Like, girl, read the room. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, girl, come on. Like, girl, and that just opens, that just, yeah, it just opens a whole other can of worms because then and Caroline's Annie, like, stay away from her. Don't yeah. go near her. Caroline's like, yeah, Caroline tells Annie to stay away from Audine and pushes her away. Which Audine was even in the crib. Yeah, I'm but guessing Caroline, Mark must have taken her or like some other person must have taken her. Mm-hmm. Caroline pushes Annie away when Annie's looking to the crib to see if um, Audine's safe. When Caroline pushes Annie away, Annie drops the candle she was holding. The candle catches um, Caroline's dress on fire. <laughs> Annie is like, oh, fuck, what do I do? <laughs> this just like, went this so happening? wrong. I know. I was like, this, this, um, these people are just doomed. They are. This is a mess. A hot mess. A whole mess. Mike finally comes out of the fucking room. <laughs> Puts, um... Caroline fire out. <laughs> and then Caroline, Caroline tells Mark, he's like, she tried to kill me. <laughs> and then Mark me. believes her. I felt what so What were you thinking? You come and see your wife on fire. <laughs> I mean, stop being mad as hell if my husband doesn't believe me. <laughs> I know. At least he wasn't like, well, come on, let me hear Annie's side. He I chose know. the right time to just take her side. I know. Out of all times, it better be this one. Yeah. But I still felt, I felt bad for Annie. I was like, God damn, that went really wrong. Annie's, she's, if she like thought things through, like circumstances would be so different for her. Yeah, for sure. But she's like 18, so we know. We know how we work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the chapter ends with Caroline telling Mark that Annie tried to kill kill her. And Mark shouts at Annie to stay away from them and leave them alone. And Annie just runs out the room. Big. Like, big, what the fuck big just happened? Yeah, she's like, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, girl, me. Uh, I want to like, write on a manual of like communication for dummies. <laughs> right? I know. That's going to be on the the infographic for this week <laughs> straight up man because this was it just went so wrong when it could have gone so right it could have just a little bit of talking but i guess if they talk if they talked it out then it wouldn't be a good book i suppose also maybe knock on the door before you enter into somebody's room <laughs> yeah because she just like uses their key it's like girl you don't live there no anyway what have could have i digress yeah what have could have 
chapter 37. <laughs> we have Mark's perspective. Uh-huh. So the chapter starts with Mark um, making his way uh, to meet up with Les. He has a suitcase, the Astor's suitcase filled with, all their, with some of their money um, mm-hmm. and is planning to give it to Williams. Um, he's has he's going through a, th- a few emotions during the beginning of the chapter. Yeah, there's a lot going. He's really there's a yeah, lot. He going has on. like he has like some revelations throughout this chapter. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> so at first, he feels a mixture of guilt and excitement with the money. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's he wonders if anybody saw him the night before. Um, but he's also um, he's also considering the possibility of what this money could do for him. Yeah. which all the possibilities have to do with gambling <laughs> dude i'm like bro you have a major problem i feel like this is the first time we're learning about how bad his gambling problem yeah it's really like, i addiction. could do this i could do that i could really gamble this that's his heart yeah he needs to go he needs major help God, add it to the list uh, yeah one of many biggest um, red flag right there and then he starts wondering because obviously when he went into the he went into the smoke room mm-hmm. to hide the money um, where he found Annie. Yeah. Um, and he wonders what Annie might have seen. And if Annie tried to kill Caroline that morning. And then he kind of brushes past that whole instance and this doesn't revisit it. So I'm like, okay, I would have gone through the authorities maybe, or I don't know, this or that, but that's cool. It happened. I know. He's like so bad. casual about the fact. Yeah. Like he was like, so that makes me think maybe he really doesn't think that Annie was trying to go. <laughs> He's just <laughs> saying it to the people. I think he does. I think he does feel bad. And I feel bad for her too after that. I know. I just feel like after this, He's just like walking down, whistling, carrying all that money. Like none of that shit just went down in the. In his I, how is he standing? So much a psychopath. I would have had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. I would have been on my knees in a corner. I would have been bawling. Yeah. For real. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know how any of these characters are um, coping. I don't like, understand. Yeah. Like, how are you guys not like huddling the ball? <laughs> Rocking side to side. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, he, I guess he's still thinking about Annie too. And he realizes that Annie wasn't herself that night in the smoke room. Um, he describes her as being angry and determined. And she feel, she felt familiar to him at that point in time. And I was like, that's Lillian. Yeah, I wonder who it is, his manipulative, toxic queen. <laughs> angry, and dis- angry and determined. <laughs> um. And then the chapter keeps going um, with, again, the, what he's feeling at, at this present moment in time. Um, he, he, so now he's leaning more towards feeling guilty because yeah. he knows that he is officially a thief. He compares himself to like, the, like his fellow gamblers who gamble away like their life savings, who gamble away like rent money. Yeah, instead of putting food on the table for their children yeah, make poor decisions that affect people besides just yeah. themselves uh-huh. and he compares himself to that person those people and know that if he keeps that money there's no denying that he is the same as them yeah <clears throat> so now he's now he's deciding that he can't keep any of the money because he wants to he pretty much wants to be able to like redeem himself mm-hmm. and he he realizes just how easy he says that it it goes he realizes how easy it is to slip and fall 
so it's like which is like a just like a life lesson like it's super hard to like succumb to temptation and yeah the right decision isn't always easy uh-huh and it's like it shows it shows like just how easy it is to for it to all go down yeah and, it, and sometimes it does sometimes it's not you're doing sometimes it is you're doing but you're just human yeah it's, it's good on him that he's like realizing this before but yeah. i still hate him he said the damage has been done yeah, <laughs> yeah i hate all of them they can already <laughs> redeem them redeem themselves by the, the oh. last chapter i don't care <laughs> <laughs> I'm still gonna hate him. <laughs> um, so now Mark's considering getting rid of the money, um, but soon decides not to because it wouldn't really result in in anything that could better him. Like he'd still have to deal with Les blackmailing him. So he decides that yeah, the best case scenario is just to return it, wipe his hands, clean up, clean of it, and just go yeah. about his life. Uh-huh. Um, so Mark makes his way through the third class cabins, and. A side note, as he's making his way through the cabins, he sees a huge difference between the life he's living um, in, like, the first class area versus the life that they're living down there. Yeah. Um, he sees that, just how cramped their lifestyle, their life is down there. They have no space. They pretty much fit anybody they could into that space to get all their money and then let them down there to fend for themselves, basically. Yeah. Even their dining room is, like, just like long tables and benches. Yeah, that's so sad. Awful. That's yeah. so wrong. It is. Um, pigs. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing about like England is they're very class. They're a very classist society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even now, still they are. Yeah. Even now. Tragic. Sorry to any English listeners out there. <laughs> we have none. <laughs> <laughs> and if we did, they're not listening after that. <laughs> Eventually, he ends up finding Die. No, I'm sorry. He ends up finding Les and Die's like what quarters where they live, where they stay. Um, he walks in, and he only um only Die is there. Mm-hmm. Good um, Mark asks where Les is, and Die has no idea. Um, Mark is upset because he wants to be able to get rid of the money and move on. He wants to unburden himself. Mm-hmm. With, um, with the suitcase yeah um mark is gonna leave but die uh die asks like what's up um and mark looks at him and realizes that like if anybody knows what's going on besides him and les it's gonna be die because yeah. die was die is les is like counterpart mark tells die the whole plan that les concocted and how he blackmailed die i mean sorry blackmailed mark um as mark is telling die this die looks horrified mark realizes that i had no idea um but mark still uses this as his time to um i guess like release what he's feeling inside like what he wants to tell les and he tells die that he just wants les to leave him alone he tells die that uh uh he wants to have a fresh start with caroline um and Audie like he loves Caroline and he just wants to be able to do um just to like live their life together uh-huh. um Di ends up telling Mark that Caroline seems like a wonderful woman um Mark is like yeah <laughs> <laughs> another freaking heart to heart man <laughs> I know Mark is like yeah and, uh, he says like he doesn't deserve her yeah, um you don't dude 
he doesn't. I don't know who does he play. I don't know if Caroline deserves Mark. I don't know who deserves. No, I'm not saying Caroline's an angel either, <laughs> but no one deserves anyone in this book. They God. all need to be alone. Why is everybody so bad? I don't like, know. They gotta be some good characters, man. Well, I just need one good character. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get it. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, the whole theme of Mark, like <laughs> the whole theme of Mark, like regressing his like feelings. Uh, keeps going and he ends up telling mark about his gambling problems um and he confesses to die about his worst that he ever had at the table which was a night that he gambled away lillian saving that's awful and as die is listening to the story so what happens is uh mark mark loses like round after round or hand after hand um oh this part was crazy between him and what do you call the person who's gambling with you not the dealer but He's losing all his hands to that gambler. Dies hearing the story, and obviously his con ass is like, yeah, he, he knows the ins and outs. He's hearing like things that don't make sense in the story, and he questions um, Mark about how was the dealer's luck, and Mark said that the dealer was had bad luck as well. He was losing every hand too. Um, and I asked like, oh, did any was the dealer switched out at all? That like, he like try to cut his. He losses. didn't send the other guy to the yeah, and I. Die or Mark is like, no, he did it. And I was like, you know what? I think you're being conned. He's uh, like, bro, you just got scammed. <laughs> yeah, he's, he said it's called a dumping. He said uh, the dealer and the other guy at the table who was betting, who was uh, who was betting too, they were working together and they scammed you. Um, and I was like, dude, why did you tell him? <laughs> yeah, like beat beat a dog while it's down. Yeah, bro, what was the point of telling him that? He could have just kept your mouth shut. He would have been none wiser. <laughs> y'all love. And Mark is like, why? Mark like, <laughs> is getting all pissed and worked up. Mark, Mark, he's like, how do you have... know that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, how would you I literally con for a living, dude. Like that's that's how I know. Mark has died how he would know and realizes that that is also a carn artist, uh, but just one that has like that has a heart. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. I feel <laughs> bad because I guess. Yeah. And he says Die hadn't been the victim of a con, he'd been in on it. Yikes. Yeah. Surprising. And then Mark, Mark begins to feel pissed because that was the moment that set across the series of events. Yeah. Um after that moment, Lillian and him began fighting because he lost her savings. Uh-huh. Um, they made up, but Mark was trying to reach out to people for help. Nobody could help him. Lillian ended up getting a promotion, which they thought would, was going to be a saving grace for them, which is how uh, they met Caroline. So like that moment like, started a series it was of a, It was a catalyst, yeah. It was, which I don't, it wasn't a good or bad thing. It just, it was what it was. But then Mark realizes that there is no point in dwelling in the past. Uh-huh. Because at this point, all he really cared about was um, was controlling his current situation. And that was his life that he had with Caroline and Nadine mm-hmm. and moving to America and then just starting, starting refresh. And I think at that moment, Mark really finds clarity. Yeah, he has um, like an epiphany kind of. Yeah, he kind of has like, he kind of finds peace in the moment and realizes like what he wants. So chapter keeps going. To Mark this one was and, long too. It was long. So the chapter keeps going, and Mark ends up going to find Caroline, who she finds sitting alone drinking tea. Uh, and before Mark approaches her, he just takes that moment to like observe her. And while he's observing Caroline, he feels so many emotions. Primarily, he wants to. It states that he wants to cry because 
he never thought someone like that, someone like Caroline could love someone like him or to want to be with someone like him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he compares Caroline to like a lighthouse and that she feels like home. Um, Kind of cute. (laughs) uh (laughs) And and so Mark approaches Caroline, they sit together and Mark asks for like an opportunity to explain everything that happened, that's happened. And like hesitantly, Caroline agrees. So Mark and Caroline go to like the back of the ship where they can be secluded. Um, And Mark begins to confess, but before he can, Caroline tries to stop him um, and tries to be like, oh, it's not just your fault, Mark, it's mine too. Yeah, I also, like she also has a confession. (laughs) But Carol, uh, but Mark cuts her off before she can continue. But Mark cuts her off. Mark wants to confess to her because he wants her to know that because he realizes that he loves and respects Caroline, that Caroline is like his like his really his one true love. Yeah. Um that, Poor Lillian. Yeah, he's never had feelings like this. Uh-huh. I know, they're like in a toxic relationship in the moment. Like you don't really know you're in a toxic <laughs> you're in a toxic love until like after the after the fact. <laughs> yeah, they won't realize till it's over. <laughs> but yeah, also poor Lillian. <laughs> I know, poor Lillian, man. She's like, what am I chopped liver? Dude, and I hate this part was so annoying because he was like, I have a confession confession. And then um, Caroline's like, no, wait, I have one. No, wait, no, wait, I have one. It's like, shut up. You guys both (laughs) suck. (laughs) (laughs) I hate them. They're insufferable together. It's like that toxic couple that everyone wants to break up and they just won't break up with each other. I was like, Caroline, don't confess. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, girl, you better keep that shit to yourself. I'm like, here what, he here what he's going to say first. I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I'm like, hear him out first. Do not say what you did. <laughs> anyway, Mark confesses about everything and like everything. Everything. I was, I was, honestly, I'll tell, I would like state. okay, I'll say what he confessed. He confessed about the gambling, about stealing her jewelry, about losing Lillian's savings. Um, he confessed that confessed that he loves Lillian, but loves Caroline as much or even more. He confesses that he was insecure <laughs> in their marriage because he didn't think that he deserved Caroline. Um, and you know what? As he was confessing all of this, I was like, dude, you don't have to tell her everything. <laughs> and I know. was like, some things can just stay between you some and yourself. <laughs> yeah, like the um i feel like i wouldn't have told her about the lillian savings things like she didn't need to know about about that yeah and the whole lillian thing i would have told your partner everything yeah like there's some things and also i love how caroline doesn't say what she had to confess yeah girl she's like you know what actually i wouldn't keep that to myself (laughs) and good for you girl that's the best thing you can do yeah she knows either I also felt pretty when he was making making all these confessions. I felt so sad. First, I felt a little sad for Annie because Annie's over here thinking that Mark is in love and shit. Yeah, and Mark is like my true love is Caroline. Yeah, he's over here like I love you. And when I felt bad for Caroline, I'm Mark's putting all this on her. It's like Mark. That's I so know. Sweet. And then the, the the last like page is so freaking corny. He like oh, gets yeah, on his cool. knee again. So yeah, so Caroline, Caroline's crying at Mark's confessions, and she was like, she tells Mark that she thought he was gonna have second thoughts about the marriage, which I'm like, can you blame him if he did? Yeah. That's gonna be your thought too. You guys are doomed. <laughs> and she forgives him and says that from this moment on, 
um, there's going to be better days ahead once they move to America. <laughs> I was like, that's so sad. I know. Knowing what we know now. Mm-hmm. Oh. At least I have this moment. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Every moment counts. <laughs> oh, I wrote how the wind is like blowing hella hard and takes Caroline's hat. And throws it in the ocean. Oh my god, does it? That's funny. I didn't really. That's oh, so irrelevant. Yeah. That's. I think it just still... asked, like it just asked like the romantic aspect of the um of the chapter. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> um, and then good. yeah, like you said, Mark is down on his on his on one knee and asks Caroline to remain <laughs> Caroline to remain his wife and promises to be the man she deserves. Caroline goes, "Of course I will," and then they go back inside. And um, and then the chapter ends with Mark thinking the future will be shiny and bright. Mm. Sure, but yeah, that's so sad. It is sad. I know I, I'm laughing about it, but it is really, it is it is sad. I oh, now I feel like a bit. Okay, chapter thirty eight is from Dai's perspective. So the chapter starts off with Dai being pissed because he finds he found out about Les and his scheme. Like he goes in on the like he goes searching for Les. He finds him, grabs him, and um, shoves him into a steward's closet. Why do they keep talking hidden closets? <laughs> I know. Like, do they not see what they're doing here? <laughs> um. So dies angry that he let Les lie to him, and I'm like, dude, sometimes take fucking responsibility, okay? You can't yeah, be that shocked. You knew who you were getting into bed with, okay? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I know. The one. He, needs, he needs to drop that little morality act that he's been playing the past like, really 20 chapters. Take accountability of your own actions. Uh-huh. Les says to Die that he didn't think Die needed to know. Die thinks that Les didn't need him anymore. Doesn't need him anymore. So he thinks that pretty much Les was going to take the money, cut his losses like throw die away and uh make like make do on his own i almost wonder that too i feel i would have put a bastard to me well honest. we didn't have that chapter with a, from les's perspective which pretty much stated how much les really did love die and like oh yeah die was kind of like his world just like uh-huh. yeah Die's world i wouldn't i would have thought yeah. the same thing but die is totally right in his insecurities because however i mean les obviously in his own mind knows how much he loves die but he clearly doesn't show it enough yeah but you know that also goes to show like the trauma of like your upbringing what it does to you because a lot of the reasons that les acts the way he does and we'll get into that later on in the chapter is because les grew up never knowing what right where his next meal is gonna come from he had a fight for he like conned his way through to like survive yeah so i think that did a, a number on like his psyche and just like how he perceives the world uh-huh yeah oh yeah for sure other people uh-huh that's why that's why uh those early years in life matter um um first five you know they say so die thinks that les doesn't need him anymore les 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 pretty much says that like that's not true i was going to tell you i was going to tell you that i hustled the money he's gonna lie yeah (laughs) an idiot i hate this guy I don't, why did you admit that? Y'all be admitting too much. Uh-huh. <laughs> God. Too much, man. You know, I never, I never want to say like, like lying is never the best option. Okay, yeah, fine. And like, 
secrets yeah no they're not good you know secrets come out eventually but like you don't have to like you don't have to give everything away yeah it's you know truth hurts sometimes it sometimes does hurt. it's not you don't yeah you don't need to say he did not need to say that sometimes I'm just enough to know yeah anyway I digress <laughs> um Les doesn't understand why Di wants to wants the truth so bad. He says that everyone can handle the truth. Um, it is like some like it's kind of rude. <laughs> um, I know. Di is very adamant that he's not going to give Les the money, which I would I would let him have it. I feel like you know, take it. Whatever happens to you, happens to you. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I would have done that too. And uh, like, I feel like he probably wishes he had done that in the end of the chapter. We'll I, I honestly if you because like i'm probably spoiling but if he would have let les have the money he Les probably would have got away with it i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah i feel like honestly yeah he would have because he probably did more damage than he, than he realized yeah and because uh, this is gonna spoil it but i mean like whatever i don't think i'm sure the astros wouldn't have realized that their shit was missing until like they were off of the boat because no one's going down there to check it no they totally could have gotten away with this. But you know, whatever. He's not going to let Les have the money because he's worried about the repercussions that are going to come from it. Because, you know, he's a very rational thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and Di tells Les that he's going to return it. Which, why are you putting that on yourself? Like, sometimes people yeah. put themselves into situations get on my nerves. Because, like, you, like, like, you should have just given the money to Les and been like, do what the hell you want with it. Yeah, like, like, I don't want to be a part of this. It's the morality. He's just like so like ethical. He claims to be so ethical. And yeah, he, like, he claims to be. And he's not. He's not. Um, he's an idiot. That's what he is. Di- Les tries to lunge for the suitcase and comes <laughs> back and says, don't try me, Les. <laughs> which which kind of scares Les a bit. Uh-huh. That's, not a, that's not a side of we normally see from Di. No. Dai's um, massive one for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh. Dies sad or dies mad because Les put them both in danger, which is like, yeah, he did, but also like you're choosing to still be a part of this, so really blame yourself too. Yeah, um, Les is so yeah, Les is hella mad and says that money belongs to him because, like I said, Les is like Les's like rationale behind things is like morphed because of how he grew up. And yeah, he, like, it's just like so we- angry. Yeah, and it's like what we were talking about a couple episodes back. He feels like all of this is owed to him, and it's not. Like, that money doesn't belong to him just because he... doesn't. And he didn't even steal it. Technically, it should belong to Mark, because Mark was the one that took it. So I was going to say, a lot of these characters could use therapy, because, like, like, they're so close to, like... It's like a little talking, a little, like like, a little history of, like, how, like, the mind works, how, like, trauma can, like, play tricks on you and, like, do damage to you, they can be redeemed. Like, they have so many redeemable qualities about themselves. Mm-hmm. It's, like, their understanding about how the world works is, like, morphed. I feel so bad for all these characters now. I do, Including too. Les. Yeah, I, I, I feel bad for him in a very, very, very small amount. <laughs> <laughs> very minuscule. But it's also, like, you know, you still, like, consequences catch up with you, like, you still, have yeah. to, you still have to face the fucking uh, consequences it. of your actions. Uh-huh. I said that it's either him or the money. Come to that. Um, and I, I was afraid that Les is going to choose the money. 
and Les actually ends up surprising him by handing Di the key to the uh like the luggage room. Yeah. Because Les doesn't want Les doesn't want to lose Di. Oh yep. Because really they're like they're like each other's tie to like Di is Les's is Les's like tie to like morality and like his like ounce of goodness lies and die. Yeah. And, like they mean more to each other than they were like. Yeah, they definitely Plus balance hearts. each other out for sure. Bless their hearts. Yeah. Bless them. They're going to hell, but bless them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and so, <laughs> so Dai ends up taking the suitcase, the money, the suitcase filled with money um, back to the luggage room to return it. Uh, which, again, I'm so mad you put himself in that predicament. Oh, this part makes me um, so <laughs> I hate it. And I, as he's headed to the luggage room, he contemplates letting Mark return the suitcase since it should be his, since he <laughs> took it, so he should return it. Uh, he but, should. He should have. Yeah, he should have. But you know, he then he thinks about like how far Mark has come, and doesn't want Mark to succumb to any temptations because apparently he thinks Mark is weak. <laughs> um, and then so eventually, Di makes it to the luggage room finds the Aster's trunk, opens it, is about to return a suitcase, and then um, some stewards walk in and catch him. They catch him red-handed. Catch him um, right in that. <laughs> and so they escort Dai back up to um, the deck, the front, the top deck where the officers are. And the officers begin questioning Dai. And they ask him a lot. They ask him a lot of questions, actually. They're trying to, like... Yeah. Honestly, they're trying to, like, I don't know, like, keep him like on his toes like yeah i think they're trying to wait for him to like trip up yeah and he totally does because he like just just does not do a good job of he's not a good liar for sure that's for damn sure yeah <laughs> if you ever get questioned by the police stay quiet and ask your lawyer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> advice from danielle you heard it here first that's what my mom always told me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Oh my god! Okay. Just quiet and ask for your lawyer. Yep, you reserve the right to remain silent. Guy <laughs> tells the officers that he found the luggage and was just trying to return it. Uh, he's such a bad liar. He's really bad. could have done. Les could have probably handled this better. Than oh, Les would have <laughs> come up with some elaborate story. For real. Um, they ask him how he know how they how he knew to return to the Astors if he just found it. He asked where the suitcase was found if someone gave it to him. And with all these questions, Dai is feeling hella overwhelmed. Um, Dai says that he found it by the engine room and says he thought it was it belonged to the Astors. The officers asked um, why he didn't just return it to the Astors. Um, Dai says he didn't want to disturb them. And honestly, as the officers were asking all these questions, and I was giving them the answers, I was like, "He said he should have said this. I would have said this. Yeah, I would have done this instead." I was thinking that too, because when they were like, um, "How did you know this belonged to the Astros?" I would have been like, "Oh, I saw them with it when I boarded the ship, or something like yeah. that." I'm a, we're better liars than he is. That's why. God, amateur, amateur. <laughs> I think women lie better than guys. <laughs> Oh, oh heck yeah! Because we have better imaginations. We that's so I could pull shit out of my ass like yeah, that. Yeah, guys have really bad imaginations. Uh huh. That's so sad. What yeah. a boring life. I know. 
the shit I dream up in my head for real the fantasy that I imagine <laughs> um Thai said he didn't want to disturb the asters um and as the officers are questioning Thai Leds ends up finding them on top on the top deck and confesses to everything oh I could I was shook when I yeah Thai was shook <laughs> Everyone was shook, I think. Everybody was shook. And that was Les's one redeeming quality. Yeah. I, I was like, good on you, dude. Okay. All right. Yeah. There's hope for you. Um, and Les didn't think that Les, or Di didn't think that Les had it in him. Um, and Les begs them not to lock up Di, which actually ends up working because they decide to just lock up, to just lock up Les. Uh-huh. Um, and you can tell Di's, um, like Di is like, hella scared now yeah and like he like attempts to like try to stop the like stewards and officers from taking him but then realizes that if he also gets locked up then it's really no hope for everybody uh-huh yeah and that's how the chapter ends and dude tell me why i got flashbacks to um to when in titanic <laughs> where, they locked, where they locked up jack <laughs> that's probably where they put him and rose had to come and save him uh-huh yeah we're we gonna get a little axe moment later on <laughs> oh man oh god you know you know uh alma stole that from the movie <laughs> oh my gosh she's like and <laughs> uh-huh i bet i bet uh i hope the uh titanic writer gets her royalties, gets oh. their royalties. all right take it away okay give me one second to have some chips <laughs> oh all right ready all right go for it okay chapter 39 we are in annie's point of view this this is the first note that I, I wrote for this chapter from the beginning. Oh my god, this bitch is either stupid or crazy or both. Oh, because she's in their fucking room? Yes, okay, so this is like right oh. after, or I don't know how long this is after the whole mishap that happened in the morning, but it's after that. She uses her key again to go back inside of their room when no one is there. It's like, dude, did you not learn? She was abusing her power. Yeah, like this girl needs to get reported ASAP. I could not believe that. I my jaw dropped when I read that. So wrong. Like, what are you doing, Annie? Jesus. Also, also, how do you know it's gonna be Mark that walks into the fucking room? What if it's Caroline? Yeah, that's like the last thing that she needs. Um, (laughs) so she's kind of just reflecting on everything that happened. You know, like Caroline accusing her of theft and lunging at her. Um. She's, you know, she goes inside and she's just like, she's just snooping. That's basically what she's doing. She's looking yeah, around <laughs> and she literally says, this could be mine. The thought popped into her head as natural uh-huh. as could be. If I were married to Mark, this would be my room, my things, my baby, my life. That's she has scary. gone off the deep end in this chapter. I was like, girl, you are literally losing your mind. That's scary. Ah! Oh, God. Um, That's what I wrote. I said, I did that too. I literally wrote that. <laughs> oh my dude, I was like, oh my god. I was like, dude, I genuinely fear you right now, Annie. I'm scared of you. God, you're crazy. You're like, gosh, girl, how do I defend you if you act like this? Yeah, I can't defend her after this. I'm sorry. No more. She and it just gets worse and worse and worse. She goes. <laughs> she goes through Caroline's um, trunks and her clothes and everything. She lies down on their bed. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like snuggling into their pillows and stuff. She's like picturing him in like them in the bed together. Oh, 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 it just gave me chills reading this. It's so sick. Um, this part is kind of crazy though. On page 329, she notices a little wooden box um by the bed. She opens it and it's a picture of a woman with a baby. And the baby is clearly on Dean. I don't know how she I mean, I guess she's with the baby a lot. She recognizes it. Um, then she realizes that um the woman is breastfeeding on Dean. So then she kind of puts two and two together that that's Lillian and Lillian is breastfeeding on Dean. So that means yeah, and she that, recognizes that. Yeah. And as she was, when she was snooping, like previously, she saw a locket that belonged that was like on Caroline's like dresser. And she saw a picture of Caroline and what, who we know is also Lillian. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first time she saw a picture of Lillian. And then she saw it again when she was snooping in inside that uh, wooden box and saw all these pictures yeah yeah so then she kind of puts two together that's lillian that's on dean on dean is lillian's child um then which i was like okay oh my god she had she figured it out holy shit like that is pretty crazy she thinks she she hears a noise at the door so she like books it out of there she's like kind of just running away then she comes to the conclusion that annie and mark are running away from something which i thought was interesting because i never really thought of it like that which I guess could be true. Like, I feel like that that could be a possibility because it is weird, like, Lillian's death. We still don't under, don't know exactly why or how Lillian died yet. And, like, what, and then met, all we know is that, what was it, like, two days well, after? Like suicide. Oh, it was, yeah. And, and we know yeah. that a couple days after was when Mark proposed to Caroline. Yeah. They were also living together. They have that weird, some weird relationship that we don't really know about. So if anything, they're running away from their past. We just don't know like what part of their past. Yeah. And then I put this on page 330. She says she could think of no other explanation than them running away. It's like, dude, you have known these people like days. What do you what do you mean you can think of no other explanation? It's like, girl, you don't know them at all. Like that, dude. (laughs) They have known each other for (laughs) days. Days. Literal, not even a week. that makes this this all even more crazy even worse it's just crazy so i was it's like annie bless her heart because i know her intentions are there because she's like oh shit that's like not that's not caroline's kid but it's like dude you don't know these you don't know these people and you don't know their dynamic that's going on Um, i also don't know if her intentions are not pure but i feel like she also sees this as her chance to like sneak in there yes and she's just as bad because she's pretty much she pretty much thinks that Caroline had something to do with Lillian's death. Uh-huh. It's like you're just as bad if you think that's what's going on because you clearly want Caroline out of the picture so that you can be with Mark. Um, Tell me what I made a note. I was like, what? does Annie kill Caroline? <laughs> I know, honestly, I'm wondering that myself as well. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> I can honestly <laughs> see it. Yeah, because then she's like, no baby would willingly leave her child behind. Um, yeah. Of which, again, you did not know Lillian. If Lillian did commit suicide, like we think, then God knows what was going on through that poor lady's mind. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't she matter does if she had a kid. She does not know. Yeah, it's like you don't know anyone well enough to be making these kind of conclusions. She's making um, up stories in her head that best suit her. And like, what yeah, she- it's that imagination, man. I would be honestly, I'd be doing the same thing. 
but then she she comes to the definite conclusion that Lillian was murdered. So then she's like, now she's like, I'm gonna go book it to the operation room so I can send a telegram to the London police and tell them that I murdered Lillian. Yeah, and she's like gonna go tell them. So then she's like running to the wireless room. Um, I was held up in the Caroline. I was like, no. Yeah, I'm like, no, it it wasn't her. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, she's not supposed to be on this part of the boat. It's like a rule. So she's like totally breaking rules by getting trying to go. Um, Dude, this part goes, me off. I was so mad. At this her. whole part, I was just like, you're again. It's the communication. Like, stop, stop it. Be logical. Be logical for one second. Dude, honestly, like that could that takes so far. Like how you present yourself goes so far. Right. It's like, just stop and think about the things that you're doing. Like, chill the fuck out. She's over here playing Nancy Drew, Titanic version <laughs> of Nancy Drew. She's over here sleuthing and she knows nothing. <laughs> My God. So insufferable. <laughs> um, so she finds the operating room and she's like, I have to send an urgent um, telegram, uh, an urgent telegram. And he's like, who are you? Why are you in here? You're not supposed to be yeah. in here. I feel like security. Um, yeah. And then she's like, I need you to send this off to me. And then he's 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 basically like totally blowing her off. He's like, no, I have other important work to do. So then she's snooping again and she's looking and she sees messages that are like talking about icebergs sighted in the water and like a lot of ice in the water. So then she says, these are incoming messages. Aren't they? Shouldn't they be delivered to the bridge? And he's like, are you telling me how to do my job? It's like, dude, what are you doing? Stop. I'm smart in this book. Oh, my God. Um, she And then she literally starts to just, like, lose it. She's, this part, I don't even know what's going on. She's just spiraling. Um, it's a little justified because she does see the messages about the ice. So she's like, you should be, um, you should be worried. But before that happens, she hears a voice in her head that says danger danger someone must pay attention annie they need you all these innocent people on this ship they need you so then she's like you need to pay attention to these messages and then she starts she's like starting to ramble like she's not making sense she's talking about a stolen baby missing baby and he and the the guy on duty the wireless operator jack phillips he's like what the hell are you talking about um, and then she's saying, no, I'm just explaining it wrong. It's a private matter of great urgency. There's a woman. Can't you feel it? Annie could now f- feel Lillian's fear and anger, her need wrapping around her, reaching across the waves. Um, she says, no, don't you see? I heard her voice. I mean, I saw her face. It was there plain and simple and it's wrong. Don't you see? Like, she's just totally not making sense. Super losing her shit. Like she's still hearing this voice. The voice is saying the only real danger is from the ice um she does say a voice that frightened her yet was familiar um and it says you know what i want you know what i need um after that she kind of gets a little bit of clarity and like she kind of calms down and she tells the guy like i'm sorry um i got carried away she pretends to leave and then waits for him to turn around grabs all of the messages and books it again (laughs) yeah because she she takes she because her whole thing is that she she remembers hearing about what ice can do to a ship uh-huh. and like her whole thing is that okay like i have to report what's happening with the ship because the captain has to know because yeah she's like that's what i need to do now yeah so that's like, her that's her like, next mission and she says that like if she if she reports 
See, her intentions aren't that pure. She has ulterior motives because she even says, like, if I report what's, if I report this iceberg, if I save this ship, then they'll, then take they'll listen to her when yeah. it comes to Caroline and Aldine. Uh-huh. And I was like, girl, you're not pure. You don't care about these people on the ship. <laughs> it's like, who do you think you are? You think they're going to listen to you, a stewardess girl, of all girl. things? You need to learn your place. Uh, sit down. <laughs> yeah, sit down. So then she books it again. She's um trying to go to the captain. But then, like, one of the guards or whoever it is hits her and, like, knocks oh, yeah. her. <laughs> she got a like, big... Yeah. I'll yeah, like get her. yeah, get her. Um, <laughs> um, she's still really frantic. She's like, no, you have to like listen to me. I need to get these messages to the captain. And then, but this part, I in her defense, I will say, all this is what I wrote in my in my notes. Typical male pride, because she tells them about the ice, and one of the other operators says, "This ship's got nothing to fear from a little ice. It's unseekable." Or haven't you heard? Oh my gosh, dummy. That's karma right there. He jinxed himself. He jinxed that whole ship. Then they, they're they sending for the chief steward, I want to say. Someone to, to come grab her. Yeah, the chief steward. Um, and then once he comes, the, the, like, the guys are talking. They're like, what, what the hell? What in the world possessed her to steal these messages? And one of the other operators says it's female hysteria. I've seen it before. Sometimes they get ship fever, not meant for the oh sea. Some women. I hate how like oh my God, little women were re- respected. I hate how little women were respected by man and by other women. <laughs> I it's just there's no respect all around. I know. Like, how are you going to be a woman and be a, mis- a misogynist? Did we ever stand a chance? <laughs> I don't think we do. Oh, but that's a whole other discussion I can talk about. God, I hate everyone. I hate everyone. Um, so then they decide to take her to the crew's quarters. She thinks that it, meant, it means she gets to just go back to her room. No, girl, you're. they like think you're cuckoo. So you are sad. a little bit crazy. They take her to some room. I know. Um, and then she's there just, again, kind of reflecting on what's going on. Um, she's like, am I, histor- am I hysterical? Nothing got her thinking. <laughs> yeah, she's like, and I'm really going to think about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like reflecting about Caroline and Dean, And then she decides that. Lillian was the I'm going to read the quote um, Lillian was the spirit the spirit that had shaken the table and blown out the lights at Steed Sam's who was responsible for the note under her door and maybe even the seizures Lillian enraged despairing then she goes to sleep <laughs> she's like okay nap time <laughs> you think it's Lillian I'm gonna get I'll, I'll get to that in a second um so then I okay well actually before I I'm gonna just say it now I, I honestly don't think that anything supernatural is happening happening on the ship. Oh, you don't think so? I don't think so. And it's gonna, before too, earlier in the earlier. Yeah. The, the only thing that would make me think that there is is because Lucy saw that spirit a couple chapters back. That's the only time. And obviously the seance, like the seance and Lucille seeing the spirit. That's the only time we've actually seen like concrete evidence of an actual spirit. Everything else has been explained away by logic. You know, I thought there wasn't, like, earlier on, I kind of thought, like, okay, maybe there isn't a spirit, mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> isn't a spirit on, like, the ship. The spirit was yeah. just, like, a means for, like, people's, like, 
yeah like what we were talking about and like emotions to show and like like how they protecting themselves but you know after making it this far in the book i'll be kind of mad there's no damn spirit (laughs) (laughs) you're so (laughs) right we deserve i honestly yeah and if there is a spirit then i kind of think it might be lillian or somebody or like a, a spirit like pretending to be lillian uh-huh. But I don't think the motives are what Annie thinks they are. Well, yeah. And, and when I feel like everyone personally thinks that the spirit is there for them. It's like, no, it's not all about you. <laughs> You're not the only one on this ship. The spirit might just be there because they're a spirit and they. It's convenient. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. Oh, my God. Reality check. Um <laughs> Yeah. So then she wakes up after kind of falling asleep for a while. You tell she, me why. I, so, sorry, this is like irrelevant, but I used to get fla- I I used to get flashbacks. I used to get um, I used to get timeouts when I was a kid. Okay, <laughs> is that? What and my mean? mom would have me take timeouts in her bathroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> because they're like I couldn't play with anything or anything. I couldn't sit in the dark. <laughs> is this? Are you feeling like this? Is what it was? It was like and I used to fall asleep in there too sometimes. Oh my god, you'd fall asleep. And I, oh, then I would wake up in my bed. Oh <laughs> carry me to my bed. Oh yeah, it's not that cute. Okay. <laughs> Different perspective, I see. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um <laughs> okay. So she wakes up. She's still in the room. Um, she takes out the bro- the brooch again because, you know, it's a kind of a comfort to her. And she's kind of just like rubbing it. She notices that it has a latch and like an opening. So then she's like, well, her little sleuth heart. She's like, let me open it. She opens it and notices it's the medicine that Caroline has been taking. What does she do? She tries it. Tries some of it. Um, of course, like any <laughs> any logical person would. That's just had a crazy like yeah, mental breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> kill the cat, I guess. Um, <laughs> I literally put in all caps. She tries some. <laughs> like, girl, what the hell? Um, <laughs> but then, in my next note is, wait, oh shit. Um, as she tries it, she kind of has a little bit of an epiphany. Or she like just realizes. Um, First of all, she's just saying some weird. She's saying she's Loki hallucinating because she's having some of the medicine, the medicine. She's having some of the coke. <laughs> she's ingested some of the coke, so she's having the calm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then she realizes um, um, this empty brooch that had once held a very powerful medication and had been in the hands of the Astro Boy when he went into a seizure. She saw the oh, truth yeah. now. It wasn't Caroline or any evil calculating spirit who'd killed the boy. The brooch, the brooch itself had killed him or what had been inside of it. He totally, and oh my God, my jaw dropped, dude. I was like, he totally did because he had the brooch on him somehow. He pickpocketed it because he was a little thief. Tried somebody, probably thought it was candy and he totally overdosed on it. So sad. So sad. Oh my God. happens all the time too. On it, yeah, it's, again, They'll, they'll learn soon enough. I need to look up when Coke becomes illegal to sell because <laughs> um, yeah, so he overdosed from it. <laughs> but then I feel like I feel like Annie was on the cusp of realizing something really important, but then she kind of loses the plot because she's so has it out for Caroline to be the villain 
because instead of just you know you know it is true like teddy or caroline is technically the reason that teddy's dead because but she didn't do it on purpose obviously i don't think she did i don't think she meant for him to steal the brooch and have the cocaine inside of it um but then she um has this other conclusion that caroline's the reason on dean's been sick and caroline is doing this on purpose she's purposely poisoning her child um, and then she recalls like some tales that she's heard from her hometown Ballantoy where things like that happen where this this mother poisoned her child with arsenic or this other one was abusing her child. Um, and then she thinks about like hysteria. So she thinks that Caroline's hysterical and is doing this on purpose. She did bring the, the point of Caroline being the reason that Andine's sick is a good point. Because I I, 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 I keep forgetting that Undine was, like, being all sickly in the past couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. But I'm also realizing, too, maybe Undine is feeling sickly because, I mean, she's not, she isn't able to breastfeed with her mother, which could be, that could be a reason why she's, like, not doing too hot. Well, yeah, but she's getting, like, the nourishment from milk. Because at first I was like, oh, maybe Caroline is taking all those drugs. So, like, if she was breastfeeding, then Undine would be getting those drugs, too. But she's not breastfeeding, so that's not the case. Yeah, that's real. But then I kept thinking about they keep re- they keep revisiting how um, Annie is like Annie has to give Audine her milk uh-huh. in the morning or like yeah in the morning, and they even had a whole scene about how um they, oh, like, like her the process of her getting the milk with like a ladle a metal ladle scooping uh-huh. up the milk from the pots that the cooks use for oatmeal yeah and dumping it to her bottle. And I keep thinking like, okay, well, maybe there's something going on with like the milk that's being. Like, yeah, uh, maybe that's, that's being distributed out to like all the passengers. Uh-huh. I, I, all I know is I don't think Caroline's purposely poisoning Undine. I think that's just her, her, um, Annie's warped perspective of Caroline being evil. That's making this, this book is a good example of how sometimes bad things just happen. Yeah. People without that being the intention. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. life. Like bad things just happen. Yeah. Like Lillian wasn't probably wasn't murdered. She just committed suicide. Something. Yeah. Something Mark was like, her. Mark is a gambler. Mark has an addiction and yeah. Is, and it's affected his relationships with other people. Uh huh. Caroline, you know, Caroline's addicted to Coke. <laughs> like Caroline, <laughs> Caroline, Caroline's in a marriage that's like, Caroline isn't ready for the marriage that she was put into. And so she's uh-huh. in that turmoil. Annie grew up in kind of in a traumatic living situation. Yeah. And she's dealing with that, her like childhood past and that's affecting like how she thinks now. Uh-huh. And she's like, she keeps wanting more than what she had growing up. <laughs> Leslie and Di are affected by like their upbringing, like with poverty and whatnot. Yeah. Sometimes bad things just happen. Yeah, like, like that's just life. Like, yeah. That's just what life is. It's not because of some certain thing or another. Sorry, I'm not picking my nose. I'm just um no no I'm not you <laughs> You're like <laughs> that, not me. <laughs> yep, that's the end of chapter 39. That was a lengthy one. Um and we get we get a nice little treat with chapter 40. It's not that long. Um I know. Chapter 40 is in Steed's point of view. He's taking a little midnight stroll about the ship um and again this guy's insufferable like oh what would guggenheim and the deaf gordons think of me out here by myself in this weather he's also paranoid though because he knows that 
has his whole what do you call it like the events that took place with that oh, young, scandal with the young the scandal so he already has that to be paranoid yeah. about so he probably is like he probably is worried like how people perceive him yeah 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 and he yeah he's worried he doesn't want to be known as a crackpot yeah um, <laughs> and then the next page he um he's like speaking out to i'm guessing to the spirit on the ship whoever it is he says who are you what do you want from us if the spirit were malevolent if something terrible were to happen steed would not be able to live with himself um he felt really sick over the death of teddy but he says but he he does say that he he blames the aster <laughs> the asters for that. it's like geez <laughs> oh my gosh um he said he's like determined to not let another innocent life suffer um and so he's like just get he's just he's back to where he was he started and he um he's uh he notices the a thick mist it hung like a figure in the air suspended over the black lapping ways it wasn't fog steed was sure of it um the spirit was trying to answer him it was attempting to materialize to become the corporeal body it once was uh steed's heart swelled with hope and amazement and fear too for how could he not be afraid as much as he wanted to witness a materialization it was as frightening as seeing a corpse claw its way out of the grave um so then he waits to see what it is it's not a spirit dude (laughs) it is um the iceberg yep that's the end of chapter 40 finally yeah yeah (laughs) it only took 45 hours for this iceberg to show up yep it ended with the iceberg sighting i was waiting for this to happen i was too and now i'm really excited because it's gonna get really good the the next chapters oh so what are your predictions your predictions now that we know a lot more i think die is gonna try to break out les oh we're gonna get a little titanic parallel there yeah Titanic the movie Volleyball. yeah I don't know I and I'm, I'm curious to see if Les and Die make it oh I know oh, I hope that I hope that we <laughs> yeah I, I mean I, I hope at least Les um dies but <laughs> Die makes it okay so that was the end of chapter 40 um next week we'll be back for chapters 41 through 46 thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sip and Read you can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts under Sip and Read. You can also follow us on Instagram under at Sip and Read Podcast and on TikTok at Sip and Read. We'll see you next week.